John chapter 4. John chapter 4, and I'm going to start in verse 7, and I'm going to go through uh, verse 15. Verse 7 says, A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. And the thought for the day is living waters never run dry. Living waters never run dry. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you, God. We thank you for your presence that's already in this place, God. You're with us, God. We thank you for it, God. You're doing something in this service today, Lord Jesus. We praise you for it. We thank you for it. I ask that you anoint this service. Anoint your word, Father God, to touch and to change lives today, God. We give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You can be seated. Thank you, Jesus. This, uh, this story or, or this event, I should say, is, is one of my favorite in the Word of God, and I'm so glad that it was recorded in the Bible for us to see and to learn from because I feel like it encompasses so much of who Jesus Christ was. How he, here he is on his way from Judea to Galilee, and he's uh, sending his disciples off to minister to one soul that he, know, he knew could change a whole city, that he knew that one soul could spark something and make a difference. And it also happens to be uh, the subject of the first message that I ever preached five years ago uh, this February. I preached a message called A Thirst for Love. And it was about this woman who was clearly thirsting something, thirsting love, thirsting something. And here she comes, and she finds it through, through Jesus Christ. And we live in a world today that is thirsting for something that the world is not providing. The only thing that's providing it is God. The only thing that's providing it is Jesus, going to that well and having that, that time with Jesus Christ. This world has nothing to offer. There's nothing that can, we can be filled up with that this world offers in Jesus' name. And we thank you for it, God. But today I want to look at it a little bit differently, and I, just, I, I want to look and dive a little bit deeper into the words and into the scripture and take a little bit of liberty, but, but not too much because I think there's a clear enough picture painted that we can kind of look at this and, and look at this woman and see here's a deeply hurt woman 
that has come to this well this day. Here's a deeply hurt woman, if we can look into her life and see, because we know that in a few minutes, we'll all read that Jesus tells her that she's had five husbands. So I don't know, but we can kind of guess that she may not be a very young woman, um, but we can tell that she's probably been through some things. She's probably coming to this well this day, like any other day, hurt, broken, looking for something. She may not have known, but she's coming just like any other day. And I think if we, if we look at it, we can say that if she's gone through that many relationships, that many problems, she's probably pretty broken. She's probably had her childhood grow up like so many of us, saying, I want to have a good life. I want to have a happy life. I want to have something in this life that I can have some joy. She may not have had a Disney movie or Hallmark movies to paint her a picture of what it's a, it looks like in Hollywood or whatever, but she most certainly had intentions of, of having a happy life, of, of having a good relationship, uh, of having a happy marriage and having those children grow up and, and have the right house with the, with the picket fence and the nice neighborhood. I'm sure she, she had those desires, but something clearly went wrong in her life. And Jesus knew this because when he says, you've had five husbands, he knew her past. And that spoke to her immediately and said, yes, and I perceive you're a prophet. But something spoke to her at that moment and made her realize all the brokenness that she had in her life. And something happens when she brought all that pain and all that brokenness. Something happens when you come in contact with living water. Something changes when you come in contact with Jesus Christ. Something changes when living water comes into your, in your atmosphere. Something changes immediately at that moment in time. And something changed her. And she began to perceive, this is different than any other day that I've come to this well. Something's happening right now, and I'm feeling something stirred up inside of me that I've not felt before. And all the pain that I've brought here today, maybe this is what I've been looking for. Maybe it wasn't all the relationships that I've had in the past, but maybe it's this. Maybe when I grew up thinking, this man that comes into my life will be the right person. This next man will be the right person. This third man, this fourth man, this fifth man, constantly thinking something's going to change for the better in my life. One of these days, I'm going to find the right person. I'm going to make the right decision. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the right place. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the right thing, and it's going to change my life. But there's nothing but the living water that's going to change that. There's nothing but the living water that is going to change our lives and fill us up and make us whole and make us feel complete. And just like us, so many of us for years in our life before we tasted that living water, what did we go through like this woman thinking I want to have this in my life. If I go to school, I'll have this in my life. If I make this right decision, I'll have this happiness and this joy in my life. If I, if I just do this right, if I follow the plans, if I follow the instructions that the world is showing, I'll have the right things. They say, get the right edu education, get the right job, whatever it may be. If, you, if I just play it right, if I stick to that plan, then I'm going to have happiness. I'm going to have joy. Meanwhile, we see all the people all over the world, especially in this country, that have got the perceived 
perfect life, how many people in Hollywood or music or whatever industry, you constantly see the divorces, the addictions, the problems that they're going through because they seemingly have the things that are going to make them joyful. So we go through life thinking, all right, I'm going to have this, I'm going to do this, making plans and, and, and provisions and saying it's going to be good. Meanwhile, I don't know where God is in that plan, in that program. I'm not sure where he is. Am I going to Sunday school? Am I not? Was I raised in church? Have I heard about Jesus? I'm not sure. But this is what I'm told is the way to do it. On the way here, I counted no less than 15 people out exercising and running. I don't know if they went to church last night. I don't know if they were going to church today. And I need exercise myself. Don't get me wrong. But I'm seeing them and I'm on the way here focusing on God, thinking about God and seeing them. And I don't know. Maybe that's what they think the answer is for them. I'm going to feel good. I'm going to spend this Labor Day weekend, this Sunday morning out getting my exercise in so my body is right, my mind is right, and we need those things, but not thinking of the things of God. Just focusing on what I need to do based on what society tells me to do, to feel good, to have some kind of a thirst quenched. But it's only the living water. It's only Jesus Christ. And I think of so many of us that have tried to, to fill, that, fill that void, to fill that vessel with something else. Some of us have tried to fill it with finances and money. Some of us have tried to fill it with relationships. Out on a sports and athletic field, you come in thirsty and you fill it with Gatorade. We've got the commercials telling us, drink Gatorade. It'll give you that, those electrolytes and all those feelings that you need to feel better again. But it's only temporary. It's only temporary. You still feel sweaty and tired and worn out, even after that Gatorade. Some of us try to fill it with alcohol. Some of us go to the, to the bars and to the clubs and, and try to fill that with alcohol and more alcohol and more alcohol, and it ends up being empty. Some of us wake up the next morning not feeling so well and even more thirsty than we were when we were at the bar trying to fill it with alcohol, whatever it is. So many of us have found our way to a well. If you're here today, you have found your way to the well. If you're here right now, you have found your way to the well. The living water. But so many of us have made our way to that place and found that living water to be so sweet and to fill us so much and give us everything that we need because everything else is going to come up empty. I don't care what it is. Everything else is going to come up empty. There is nothing, nothing that will quench that thirst except for the living water of Jesus Christ. That's the only thing that's going to quench the thirst. I remember growing up, going out in the summertime, just like summer's coming to an end, like Brother Brandon said. But in the summertime, it was, Mom would say, get out, get out of the house. Go do something. So that's what we did. I loved it. We were outside playing all the time. Baseball, football, whatever it was. And uh, you would come in thirsty after playing outside in the sun and the heat for, for several hours. And I grew up a sweet tea drinker. So I would come in and, and fill that iced tea up and chug a glass. And it just didn't quite do it. Just 
all that sugar is probably what it was. <laughs> that made me even more thirsty. But I'm thankful for a place that I can come. I'm thankful for a God that loves me enough to say, you know what? You can drink that. That's great. It's going to give you a little bit of a, a quench. But when you come to my house, when you come to my altar, when you call on my name, when you need me the most, when something's happened in your life, when you're in that hospital, when a family member is hurting, when your child needs it, I can say, I know that living water is what I need right now. I know that's what I need. That's before the well. That's the time before the well. We've all been through there. We've all had something. You either grew up in church like I did and found your way out, or you didn't grow up in church, whatever it may be. But somehow, again, if you're here today, you have found your way to that living water. And I'm thankful that even though I grew up in this, and I thank our bishop and Sister Buller for teaching me as a child and all my Sunday school teachers, but sometimes, if we're not careful, the enemy can draw you away from that living water. The enemy can pull you away with some kind of trick, some kind of a thought, some kind of a glass of something that looks a little bit more appealing than the living water. And then you start to taste it, and then you kind of forget what that living water was. I don't know how we can get to that point. Because if you've tasted this living water, there should be no way that I would ever want to depart from it. There should be no way that I would ever want to be outside of that living water. But somehow the enemy's tricking people. Somehow he's tricking people today. Somehow somebody's here today that's even doubting, thinking, I don't know if I want to keep going to church. I don't know if I want to keep serving God. He's let me down. He's not let you down. He knows his ways are higher. I don't know what you've been through today, but don't give up on them because the living water is the only way you're going to make it. That's the only way. Thank you, Jesus. My God, thank you, Lord. I had a, a thought yesterday that uh, I'm certain was probably the Holy Ghost, but uh, it just occurred to me. I started thinking, Lord, what if, I, I don't know, if, if I could go back 15, 20 years when I'm living in the world, living in all the things that the world has to offer and kind of got away from the living waters that, that I grew up swimming and dwelling in. If I could go back to that point and if God could speak to me at that moment and say, you know what, you're saved no matter what. Just, just go along with me here. I'm not saying that's doctrine, all right? I'm saying that if, if that happened, if God said, you can keep living this life, and you're still saved. And I thought, my God, I wouldn't want to do it. I wouldn't want to live in that because it's not just about my salvation. It's about living in this living water and experiencing this relationship with God that I have every day. The fact that when I wake up, I can just go to that living water and say, Lord God, fill me back up today, God. Fill me back up with that living water today, God. Help me to drink from it again. Help me to feel it again, God. Right now, just come over me this morning and this day because I don't want to go through another day. I don't want to go through any moment in life without that living water because it's the only way. There's no other feeling on this earth except for the presence of God that I ever want to feel. And I'm going to show my age a little bit here, but I grew up when I was a little kid. I remember those Nestle Plunge commercials. I don't know if anybody remembers it, going back to iced tea. But 
they would say, there's nothing like it. I don't remember the song or however it went or whatever, but they would be standing there and there would be a pool or whatever of tea behind them and they would just stand there and act all refreshed and take that Nestle plunge and, and fall back into that and, and say, that's my quench. I've been quenched and that's quenched my thirst and I feel good. But I'll say it again. It's not gonna quench your thirst. It's not gonna quench your thirst. It's just gonna make you thirsty again and thirsty again. I can drink as much water as I want and I'm trying to drink more water, but I'm gonna continually be sore or, 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 or thirsty. And it's, they say you get dehydrated. We're gonna continue to get dehydrated, but the living water, if we keep drawing that living water, you'll never thirst again. Thank you, Jesus. That's our, that's our before the well moment. And at the well, I want to look at at the well for a second. Verse 16, Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come down. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband, and that you spoke truly. She's finding out now she's at the well. Now she's finding out who Jesus is. Now she's saying, okay, now I'm come, I've come here and I thought I was going to be judged. I've heard it preached a lot and I don't disagree with it that Jesus had to send the disciples away because they were going to judge her immediately and not let him talk to her or whatever it may have been. But I just wonder if Jesus didn't send them away because he knew if she saw them, she wouldn't come to the well then. She would have said, you know what? I'm going to wait till they move away because I know me as a Samaritan woman, I'm going to be judged immediately. And Jesus perceived that and said, you know what? She won't come up here to get this living water if she sees them. So I'm going to send them away. One person is a little bit more approachable. So she came up and now she starts to find out who Jesus Christ is. Now she starts to find out what this living water is. And there's people that say, I'm going to go to church when, when I get some things figured out. I'll go to church and start serving God when I fix this and I fix this and I take care of that and I stop doing this. You know, I got to get myself fixed before I, I go because they're going to judge me. But that's not the case. And I'm thankful for a church that is full of living water that's full of living water and saying it's all right to come into this place. It's all right to come into tree of life because you're not gonna be judged. Jesus, you don't have to send us away. Go ahead and bring them because we wanna share this living water with those people that you wanna bring here. So go ahead and let them not feel judged. But that's what people think. I can, I can go then, I can go, I can go when, when, I, when I get it figured out. But Jesus is saying no. That's not the way to do it because you, you don't get it. If you don't go to the well, you're not going to get the living water. You're not going to find it on your own. You're not going to go to the grocery store and say, okay, that looks good. I've not tried that. Let me go ahead and try that bottle. Let me go ahead and try this different water, I, whatever it may be, Fiji or, or, or Dasani, whatever it may be. Let me try a different one. It's not going to be there. It's only in Jesus Christ. It's only at that well that we are gonna find that living water. And I'm thankful for it. And we can look more at, at what she learns here at this well. And, and I wanna stick because it's important to get into the word in this and see this encounter between her 
and Jesus. 19 says, the woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews, but the hour is coming. And now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. I am he, Jesus said. And now she begins to understand, this is truly the living water. This is truly what I need for, for salvation. Too many of us are coming to church and, and just become a ritual. And we, and we got to quit playing church as is. And we got to remember that we're coming here for living water. We got to remember that this place is where living water dwells. And this well is where we come to have that living water. And we got to also recognize that when you've tasted that living water, that it's not just here that you're going to come and find it. You've got to understand that too many of us make this the only experience that we have with God. Too many of us have forgot that Jesus is saying, you know what? You don't have to come to Jacob's well to have living water. Because she said, I don't want to have to come back here to have this living water. And Jesus is saying, you don't. You don't have to come back here. You're going to come back here to get water again. Oh, yeah. But you're not going to have to come back here to have this living water. Because all you got to do is call on my name. All you have to do is go into that prayer closet and say, my God, I need you right now. Right here where I am. Because I can't find you. I can't make it to the well today. But I need you in my house. I need you in my marriage. I need you over my children. I need you over my finances. I need you over my health. That's the living water. My God, that's the living water. Jesus is saying, just call on me. If you can't make it back to this well, you can call on my name. So we come to church. Thankful, I'm thankful for church. We come here, we grow, we get fed, and we grow. But you know what? It's to take that living water out. We need to take the living water out. There's a thirsty world that's saying, I don't know how to get this. I don't know. No one's ever taken me to that well. Again, I found it. I, I go to the clubs. I go to everywhere that I see my coworkers, my friends, other family members. I, I go to those places, and it's not happening. Meanwhile, we've got this living water. How many times are we coming in here week after week? And just saying, I don't know, I experienced it once, so if I go back, I can experience again, and we're leaving our prayer closets empty. I don't know. I've got to say it because I don't know. But I know that this church, we're seeking it, and I'm thankful for the praying that we have in this church. I'm thankful for our pastor that continues to bring us living water. Thank you, Jesus. I'm thankful for our Sunday school teachers that are teaching our children 
I'm thankful for our worshipers and our praise team that are up here praising and exalting God. I'm thankful for our ministers that continue to mentor, to preach, and to teach. I'm thankful for our new members class. So many things that we're doing to teach what this living water is. And my God, he doesn't want us to go back out and forget what that was. He doesn't want us to go out and forget what the living water is. That's why he's telling her, this is it. I'm it. This is all that you need. You don't need anything else. It's me. He goes on to tell his disciples when they come back about food because they think, well, you got to eat. You got to eat. And that's, that's for another time. But he's telling us, this is it. And then we look at the after the well moment. What comes after the well? And I don't need to get back into all of this and, and go through all the reading, but she just leaves her pot there that she's filling the water up and she runs back to her village or her city. And she starts proclaiming, there's a man. There's a man at this well. And he knows everything about me. He's Christ. And you need to come and you need to be saved. And you need to come and hear what he has to say. And have and taste this living water. And it says almost the whole city was saved. What happens after we experience that well. Many of us have come in and we've been saved and we leave here with that joy of, of just tasting it for the first time. And we're going out and we're doing exactly what she did. And, and we're proclaiming it to our friends and our family. And we may see some of them come, we may not. And, and, and some of us continue to do that. And we get into Brother Fazel's Bible study classes and we start teaching Bible studies and we do, we're doing all the things that we're supposed to do. Others of us get that distraction again that pulls us away. Too many people I've seen over the last 10, 12 years, and even thinking back to my childhood, that were faithful, faithful in the house of God, faithful in the living waters, powerful prayer warriors, powerful teachers, some of them, doing things. I've seen them praising and worshiping on a platform, doing amazing things, but somehow there's been a distraction. Somehow the enemy has said, you know what? There's something that's even better than that living water. And somehow that distraction has pulled them away. And I'm just here to tell you today. Don't drink of it. Don't be tempted by it. And if you're tempted by it, call the name of Jesus. And remember that first time that you came to that well. That first time that Jesus said, I'm not judging you right now. Sin is judged. But this woman that a Jew should have been judging, he's like, I'm not judging you. I love you. I've got something for you. When she first came there, she didn't feel that judgment. She felt unconditional love. The love of only of God, only our Father, only a Savior could share. Only Jesus Christ could say, I love you no matter where it is that you think you come from. So don't taste of it. Don't get caught up in the traps that the enemy's saying, hey, you know what? Are you, are you having fun? If you're not having fun, you've stopped drinking of the water. You've stopped drinking of the living water. If you come into church and you're still thirsty, then you're coming to church for the wrong reason. Drink of the living water. Remember the presence of God when you first got saved. Remember the presence of God when you first went down in that baptism tank. Remember the presence of God when his name was called over you. Remember when you were at an altar and filled with that Holy Spirit. If you're coming to church and you're still thirsty, you're coming for the wrong reasons. <laughs> you're coming for the wrong reasons. You're coming 
And you're forgetting that it's the living water. It's the living water that we're here for. My Lord, thank you, Jesus. That's what we have to come to church for, to show our friends, our family, those that are coming here, visiting at any, any moment. There's a city, there's a nation, there's a world craving, craving what you have. Don't take it for granted. Don't forget what this living water tastes like. Don't forget that you, the Nestle Plunge gives you nothing. But when you dive into the Holy Ghost, when you dive into those waters, what that gives you, because that's what people are craving. If you're taking them Nestle iced tea, I'm sorry. They're going to throw it away, and it's going to be gone. But if you're taking them Jesus Christ, if you're taking them Jesus Christ, Brother Andy, you know what that tastes like. You know what you've been delivered from. You know what God has done for you. Jesus' name. Praise God. I'm coming to a close if the musicians would come. It's Labor Day, and we've got big plans today, but I just want us to think about, for a moment, our well experience. I want us to think about this. Here's Jesus at a well, thirsty, but yet he has the living water. Why was he thirsty? He was thirsty for souls. He was thirsty for this, this woman's soul. He was thirsty for the souls that she was going to go and she was going to save in that city. And pastor may not be here today, but this is his word that I took from him several, several years ago. Here's Jesus at a well. Fast forward not too long after that, and Jesus is hanging on a cross. And he says, I thirst. He's thirsty again for souls. If we could stand. If Jesus is thirsty for souls, if Jesus gave you living water, if Jesus let you to drink of that living water, and he took what he took and hung on a cross and said, I thirst. Can we take a, a few minutes and, and pray and, and just seek him and say, Lord, continue to give me this living water. Continue to cover me with this, with this living water. And take a few minutes and remember that first visit to that well. Take a few minutes today. We've got plenty of time. Take a few minutes and remember that time that you came to God, that you came to the well and said, I, I, I don't know what I'm thirsty for. I'm coming back to the same well. And, and if we can just take a minute, I want even the musicians and everybody, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray with us. But if we can just take that, this, this few minutes and say, Lord, help me to remember. If I've forgotten, help me to remember what you did for me. Because there's not one single person here that doesn't have sin or didn't have sin in their life. There's not one person here that's not broken and in the flesh. There's not one person here that doesn't need living water. Not one person here doesn't need it. And if you could just take a minute and say, you know what, Lord, I remember that time. I remember it may not have been five husbands may not have been drugs. It may not have been alcohol. I don't know what it was. It may have been an abuse. 
that you grew up with. It may have been a bad relationship. It may be a broken family. It may be financial brokenness. It may be health problems. I don't know what it is, but something at some time, even if you had gone to church for years, there was one moment, though, when you experienced living water. There was one moment when Jesus said, I know you may know my name. You may have heard of me. You may have sat through Sunday school, whatever it is. But there was one moment when Jesus said, here's the water that you need. So if I, I'll just, I'm going to lead us in prayer. If you want to make your way up front, if you want to pray where you're at, I, I just want you to taste the living water for a few minutes. Lord, I thank you, Jesus. We thank you, mighty God. We thank you, Jesus, for the living water that you provide, God, that you give us that you pour out every day, God. We can come to that well. We can come to you at any moment. We thank you, Jesus, for the ability, Lord God, to call on your name, to be able to go into that prayer closet, to go wherever it is that we need to go, to be able to say, Lord, right now, I need to taste that living water. Hallelujah, can you come forward and say, Lord, I just wanna feel it. I wanna feel it today. I wanna experience it today. I want to I taste it today. I want to be refreshed today. I want to be renewed today. In the name of Jesus, I want to feel it again, God. And if I felt it already, I want to be able to take it out of here today and say, Lord, I want to take it to somebody that needs it today. I'm going to be seeing someone today, someone tomorrow that needs that living water. I want to be able to take it and say, this is what you need. Jesus.